Welcome to Alchemy Radio, where the only thing we ask of you is that you keep an open mind. Today's guest is Santos Bonacci. Santos lives in Melbourne, Australia. He's a professional jazz musician, and he also runs the UniversalTruthSchool.com website, as well as teaching classes on astrotheology. Today we'll be talking about the power of the church, the power of the judiciary, enslavement and ownership, along with historical myths and fictional characters that have created deception among the masses. We'll also be talking about the priesthood, which is essential for the current control system, symbology found in court, the law and beyond. And we'll also discuss the holy science of know thyself as above, so below. Santos, you're very welcome to Alchemy Radio. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks, John. Yourself? I'm really good, thanks. Uh, Looking out at the wet and miserable weather, but hey, what can you do? I'm sure it's very different for you in Melbourne. Yeah, well, hmm... Today's been a bit of a Four Seasons Day, which is typical here in Melbourne, but uh, finally it's the sun's setting, it's 7pm and uh, the clouds have disappeared. It was very windy though, so um, weather's not not really acting as it should typically. Certainly it's the last couple of years the weather has, uh, the seasons have shifted somewhat. <laughs> Well, there's been big, big change over the last few years, and we're going to delve into that in some depth over the next hour or so. But before we do, give us a bit about your background, Santos, and how you became interested in what it is we'll be speaking about. Okay, well, uh, probably, probably what I'm mostly interested in is theology, really. Theology, cosmology, mythology, just, just, the, just the things that carry the most import uh, and 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 in particular, when you when you're a young child and you're impressed by these stories, you know some of them are grotesque. You know, like for instance, in the Bible, there's Samson. He kills thirty men uh, just to get their underwear so he can give it to his buddies because he made a promise at his wedding feast that he would um, give them some underwear if they guessed the riddle. As you do. So uh, they guess the riddle, and Samson goes off and he goes down to Ashkelon and he kills. Um, he kills thirty men, he donks them over the head with a with a lump of four before, steals their un- dirty underwear, gives it to his to his buddies. Now these are gross stories. Jonah getting swallowed by a whale and then vomited out. Um, all of these stories, but <clears throat> but it's obvious that they carry uh, the the. The seeds of some other kind of truth, which which you are not privy to, uh, just at the literal rendition of it. This is why the scriptures say, um, "The letter of the word kills, but the spirit gives life." So I guess I was always searching for what was beyond the letter of the word. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reading about Cronos uh, uh, eating all his children, and then Zeus. Uh, manages to uh, castrate his father, and, and and this is all just powerful stories. And ever since I was a little child, I just I just wondered, well, what the hell does this mean? What does it mean? And um, of course, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And my parents, yeah. 
I grew up in uh, North East Victoria in the Victorian Alps in a little town called Myrtleford and um, we used to go to uh, uh, the book study every week. You go to someone's house and you study a book based on the Bible as, as Jehovah's Witnesses do, you see. Right. And we used to study the um, Babylon the Great Has Fallen <laughs> book and a little red book. And uh, I was probably only about uh, six or seven when we first got stuck into that book. Now, that kind of stuff leaves an impression on you. So I've been into theology all my life. Now, I guess what makes you want to uncover the truth and serve truth, I guess that would be, it has to do with when you're ready, that's the path you choose, you see, because you can't serve two masters. You can't be uh, materialistic and keeping up with the Joneses and then pretending that you're, um, that you're spiritual because there's your spiritual nature and there's your physical nature. Yeah. <laughs> as simple as that. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with physical and there's nothing better than... Uh, uh, um, there's nothing so great about spiritual that hasn't got evil in it. Spirit has got a little bit of evil in it and, and um, what we call evil matter has also got beauty in it. It's, it's just a dance of motion of the universe, you see. But if you're going to serve one, you, you need to make a decision. <laughs> but if you're going to be building houses and buying properties and uh, getting involved in the uh, stock market and, and away you go, what happens is the other part of your life will suffer. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, and so that's what the, the expression means. And I've always been inclined to study theology. I've, I've been a Bible student. I've um, studied symbolism and numerology and, and stuff like that. Now, I've never, never really gotten it for most of my life. Only until the last six or seven years have I really gotten it and have put all this stuff together so that it makes sense. And now I believe, um, well, I know, and I shouldn't say I believe, but I know that my presentations that I've offered uh, on for free to the public, to the world, on, my, um, on the internet, for example, I know that uh, they will be able to join the dots for people because... It's it's the true theology. What you get in churches is not the true theology. Otherwise, they they wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> they exist. Churches exist because they must be. Um, they must be sharing their version of the truth or their patented. Uh, style, you know, like the Jehovah's Witnesses have definitely got some things that the Mormons disagree with, that the Pentecostals disagree with, and that the Catholics condemn to hell altogether. Yeah. But they all call themselves Christians, and they're all going to be saved, and they're all the true church. If you want to join them, they'll tell, they won't tell you, hey, come to us, uh, we teach a whole, you know, we teach a whole crocker, <laughs> trying to attract people by saying that they are the truth path, you see. So, I guess it's up to the individual to sort out the uh, 
the wheat from the chaff. And uh, one can do that with the true theology. What I'm teaching is syncretism, and I call it the true theology because that's what it is. And syncretism unites all the theologies. It doesn't separate them. It doesn't say, oh, let's poo-poo Hinduism and let's uh, put, uh, say, Islam on a pedestal. Because we understand Islam, but I, I don't, I'm not very fluent in Hinduism. Well, it's like saying, hey, Mr. Japanese man, um, I don't understand Japanese, therefore uh, it's a pseudo language. Yeah. It's yeah, false. Yeah. Japanese is absolutely false. I can't understand a word of it. Well, you wouldn't do that. And yet, and yet you've got Muslims that will outright condemn Judaism and Jews that will condemn Christians and Christians that will condemn Hindus. And they're all uh, in a very, very sad and sorry state because they cannot see that it is all one. How can it be? How can it not be? How can it, God, the universe, or the oneness, universe, how can it be? divided and fragmented and compartmentalized. Only in the minds of weak human beings can such a thing exist, and in fact it does. You go to university and you come out of there and you're a specialist in one thing. You know diddly squat about others, but you can come out and you've got your um, engineering degree or you've got your doctorate in this or your doctorate in that. Mm. And usually some of those men are, you know, pretty impressive with what they know about that one subject, but they're pretty stone motherless dumb when it comes to everything that you should need to know to be a complete and honourable and decent living hero on this planet because the hero's path is the true path that we are seeking for, uh, to rise above the human condition, which is rather sorry condition in many ways. We can't escape sickness. We can't escape death, it seems. We can't escape jealousy and vices and wars. And, mm. and it seems that um, we are perennially locked into this cycle of repeating the same stupidities. And, and that's because... Uh, because the majority who are not in the higher mind and who are serving the lower mind and the lower purposes of materialism and commerce and all of the commerce that you do down here in this uh, in this uh, humid, swampy place, as the philosophers call it. But to rise above, we must return to our and paradise, our true home, which is unconditioned consciousness. Uh, as we descend and fall into this place called Earth, acquire certain vestments, according to the philosophers, and we are clothed with a garment, a sevenfold garment, and this is Joseph's uh, many-coloured garment. And uh, you can see this when you look at the, um, the chakras along the spinal system, the plexuses, and you'll notice that they are the same colours as the rainbow. And this is the, uh, the garment. Those red colours, um, they resonate, resonate, each one of them, with either a vice or a virtue. And it's your choice whether you want to descend down the caduceus, mm -hmm. which is the spinal cord, yep. and you want to go down to the red at the bottom, or whether you want to go to the indigo at the top and climb Jacob's ladder and see God face to face and live.
because that's what Jacob did in uh, the book of Genesis. And then he said, wow, I've come to a real uh, special kind of a place. I'm going to call this place Pineal. <laughs> so there's your pineal gland. Absolutely. And according to the uh, philosophers, that's the seat of the soul. This is the throne of God inside of man, which is the temple of Solomon. Our beautiful bodies are an exquisite chemical laboratory, a temple, a living temple. It lives. Our bodies live. And our bodies are directed by spirit. And wherever we want to direct our bodies, all we need to do is to tell our limbs to move to the left or to the right, forward or backward, and they obey. Because the, the fleshly organism is an exquisite creation by the causal creator. And we owe our thanks to that, that source. And this is why if we deliver our bodies as a, a holy thing, back to the universe, we will fulfill what we came to fulfill on this, this planet, which is to return to the state we were in before we fell. And so, um, and, and this is the whole story of the true theology. You'll find it in Christianity. It's very well explained in the Gospels. It's a beautiful story. Unfortunately, people misunderstand them. Hence the motivation for me to be motivated to, to want to share with people how to understand the true theology. It's all based on science. If you can put your science hat on and see things when you're reading the scriptures, you can see things with the science eyes, you will then be able to decipher what the scriptures are really meaning. Mm -hmm. because all the the scriptures were written in a very wise way. They were sealed, you see. They were sealed with seven seals, seven levels of interpretation. And the bottom level is the literal level, and that's the one you teach your children. So you teach your children the physical anthropomorphic models like Santa Claus, for instance. Right. You tell people that Santa Claus is a man. Well, Santa Claus is not a man. But it's good to teach your children that he's a man because, because children then create archetypal models in their, in their minds. And, mm. they, and they have models now that they can follow, examples of goodness. But to see, you're supposed to then tell your child when he turns 12 years old or 11 or whatever, you're supposed to tell them that Santa Claus is the, uh, the holy claustrum inside your head. Uh, the claustrum is a little, little um, like a closet or a, an enclosure, a cloister in, in your in your midbrain, in your um, not your midbrain, in your um, just below the uh, cere cerebrum, mm -hmm. and it produces a fluid which descends down the spinal cord. And you see, this is Santa Claus going down the chimney to bring you presents, and. Uh, the holy claustrum, as it's called in physiology, is also called the Santa claustrum. Wow. And so, rather than leaving children in the dark and just terminating their relationship with a historical, literal Santa Claus by, by telling them that he doesn't exist and then 
off you go and sorry about lying to you and Santa Claus is a fiction. Uh, rather than leaving people, children, you know, with a uh, an emptiness that might confuse them because they might think, well, why the hell did I have to learn about this model, this person, this entity called Santa Claus and then all of a sudden I get told that he doesn't exist? Well, this is this is the sad and sorry state of humanity that parents are not even capable of teaching their children who San what Santa Claus really is. And Santa Claus is all of the six levels above the literal level and... Um, there are there is there are always six superior interpretations and applications to every single scripture that is that is, has ever been recorded properly, and that's how the holy science is done. It's it's literature that hides truths. You see, even in the Gospels, uh, it says that Jesus did not speak if he did not speak with parables, so that the outsiders would not understand and the insiders would gather meaning. You see. So I guess uh, I've answered the the question about my path and how I got to here, but um, rest assured that every single individual that has ever lived will walk through the confusion and the mud and the mire and eventually through persistence and trials and tribulations and endurance one comes through this and one eventually learns the true meaning of the scriptures and i'm so so blessed i really i am so happy that i have done the full circle and i'm not still stuck in flatland or church world where i'm a believer and not a knower mm -hmm. i would prefer to know all things rather than believe all things um, believing is associated with stupidity. Uh, belief is for fools. The age of Pisces was the age of doubt and belief. The Aquarius the, uh, sign that is coming is the sign of knowing. For the motto of Aquarius is, I know. And this is why people now are getting knowledge, gnosis. Uh, and they are benefiting from this you you can see that many people are shifting their consciousness and mm -hmm. and they are awakening and and the scripture's been fulfilled that says that that the dead shall rise and um rising they are they are rising in a very high and superior state of consciousness this is what the ascension means this is what an ascended master is a master who comes to this planet and ascends is called a savior simply because they've saved themselves. And salvation is a process by which we save ourselves from the destruction of the lower mind and acting like an animal and serving the seven vices, turning that around, uh, saving oneself, entering the higher mind and turning the virtues, turning the vices into virtues and returning to the uh, unfallen state that we uh, truly live in. So essentially, Santos, what we're doing is looking for a universal truth, but we seem to be, in a tribal sense, divided and split, and that truth is hidden from us. So how can one go about actually decoding this truth as you have done? 
Well, I would persist in reading the scriptures. I would not let anyone interpret them for you. I wouldn't be going, I'd be getting out of the church, lose the church label. These are fictions. Mm. Um, it's, it's, as, it's as much a, fi- a fiction as your citizenship to a country is. You know, if you're a citizen of Poland um, and you can't be, let's say, a citizen of the United States, mm. well, um, what what makes... These these are fictional constructs. You see, it, it, it means it, re- it virtually means it means nothing, and and the same is true of your church label. You see, a lot of people are fond of being Pentecostal or Baptist or, or whatever. These are just labels. These mean nothing. In in the Gospel of Matthew chapter seven verse twenty one, says there for many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not expel demons in your name? Did we not perform wonderful and powerful works in your name? Did we not preach in your name? And then the Lord says, uh, and I, I tell you truly that in that day I will say to these, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Because Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, it's, these are things that are practiced. These are languages that are expressed and practiced in the heart, in one's heart. You can't go to a church and label yourself with that church's name and pretend that you are now a spiritual person because you've got a label. Uh, this will never happen. And, and the people who turn to these false idols, these fictions, uh, will be bitterly disappointed. For salvation comes from within. It's a process that one goes through and initiates themselves to be able to climb up from the mire and uh, unsully themselves and purify themselves. The word purify comes from fire, and fire is the universal cleanser. Water is also the universal solvent. This is why we have a baptism with water, and this is why the scriptures say you shall be baptized with fire, because you want to clean yourself. Mm. You know, you want to get cleaned, you, and you can't clean yourself. You imagine if you had a shower with, you know, some, I don't know, some pizza cheese, Every night, you know, <laughs> or some um, some sp- spaghetti bolognese. Almost sounds good. Yeah, mm, tastes great, but you're not going to get clean. So you want to sprinkle some water over you, and if you want to, you know, have a bonfire and burn all uh, all your rubbish, you do actually feel very, very clean and cleansed after you've gotten rid of all that. It's all gone. It's mm. all gone. It's all transmuted into other elements and it's gone back to carbon monoxide and, it's, and the universe receives the changed elements and you don't have to worry about them anymore. So this is why we need to be baptised in, in spirit and fire and water. These are elements. They're purifying elements. That's all they are. And so... Um, Happy is the one that sees the the true meaning of all things, of symbols, of words, of numbers, etc. Because when you do that, you know the truth, and the truth sets you sets you free. You are liberated from the illusions and from the priestcraft. Uh, it's very difficult to be seduced once this happens, and this is why the priests are so eager to tell you their 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 truth and to um, deny the true truth that is in the domain of all, if only they should consult their hearts and minds and go within. They can't afford 
to let people do that because they would lose their craft. And their craft is to sell people lies that will seduce them and keep them serving the lower God, the materialistic God, which, well, you know, well and good, that's fine. If people want to do that, that's great. Uh, but they will just remain in the lower worlds continually uh, suffering and having many, many burdens to carry. Whereas if we should decide to free ourselves and purify ourselves, there is a path back to um, un un uh, unconditioned consciousness and pure bliss and existence, immortal existence. Our spirit nature is immortal. Our physical nature is mortal. And do you think, Santos, that the reason for this suppression then by the powers that be, and we will get into who exactly they are um, at, at a later point, but do you think this suppression is because quite simply these people or entities see us as chattel or property who are just there to be used um, for their own nefarious means? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. These are, <clears throat> these are entities who very, very destructive. They cannot find the pattern of good and love. They, yeah, yeah, they might spend 1% of their energy devoted to good works and charity and, and, and they do a little bit of lip service to it, but deep down there, are, there is only one God for these ones and that is Gammon. That is the filthy lucre and the power that it generates. And mm. you can see that because you see how politicians, there's not many poor politicians out there. True. There's not many poor, um, you know, magistrates and, and, and judges. And, and basically all of the corruption, all of the perversion comes from the people that we intuitively trust the most or we should. For instance... A judge, a magistrate, should be an honourable person who is mature and wise and almost angelic, divine and godly, full of good, full of praise from the community, full of uh, kindness and, and good deeds. And these are people that we should be choosing for these positions. But what we see on the other hand is we see criminals calling themselves judges. These mm. are wolves in sheep's coverings. Yeah. They are men who will, at the drop of the hat, just for their gammon, they'll send a, an 18-year-old boy to prison for five years where he can be raped and, 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 and tortured just for um, smoking the wrong plant that God happened to make. Um, and, and these are dishonorable, animalistic men. The worst kind are people who are call themselves lawyers, and priests. This is why in the Gospels it says, Woe to you lawyers. Uh, woe to you scribes and Pharisees. Uh, you shut up the kingdom of the heavens. That's all you do. You are here to shut up the kingdom of the heavens. You don't open it. There's no opening. There's no way you can go to the Catholic Church and be saved. Absolutely the Catholic Church is there for the eternal damnation of souls. Not that they will be eternally damned. That's, that's, that's their myth. Mm. The only way you can be eternally damned if is, is if you are absolutely out and out evil with no redemption at all possible. And there are some entities who have gone 
beyond that point of no return. The, uh, and rest assured, there are entities there. But, but people who have joined, say, the Catholic Church, uh, the most dishonorable organization in the history of the universe, uh, these are very, very sorry people, and the, um, the highway to hell is paved with good intentions. They will suffer uh, immensely in the afterlife. Eventually, they will come to the light. Eventually, they will find their way, but... But the Catholic path is the way to destruction and damnation without a doubt. There's, there's not a doubt. Absolutely not a doubt. Not a shred of a doubt. You, cannot be, you can't possibly be saved as a Jehovah's Witness or a Baptist or a Mormon. These are fictional paths to seduce weak-minded, um, mediumistic-type individuals who pay lip service to truth and who have a fleeting interest in the subject but when you study them and when you uh, recognize them by their fruits, as Jesus says, by their fruits you will recognize them. Why are you so confused? I mean, if you've got a good tree, you can go to it in the summertime mm -hmm. and you can pick good fruit. But if you've got a scabby tree and it produces rotten fruit, well, that that tree, you can't fix it. You've just got to chop it down and put another tree in its place, re replant it. So this is what, this is, what is, is going on. It's, it's, the churches are funded by the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and creepy families like the Flavians and the Piso family and the Warburgs and the Schiffs and the Hanovers and the Habsburgs and the Saxacoba Gothers and it's all one big family. Uh, mm. It's a bunch of pirate criminal families who are the blind leading the blind and who themselves are servants of destruction and all of the foot soldiers that follow them shall be destroyed equally as they are, as they will be. But the true servants of light, these are the ones you'll find that, that get knocked off like Giordano Bruno Pico de la Mirandola, Hypatia, Boethius, um, guys like Ezra Pound that wind up in mental asylums because uh, Truman, I think it was, didn't didn't like the truth that he was teaching. Uh, all of the geniuses and all of the truth speakers have been either ridiculed, blasphemed, put in mental asylums, knocked off, and put out of the way so that we can have this beautiful cabal of criminals called the Vatican and the Jesuits and the, uh, the Windsor family, pirates of the, um, of the high seas with their maritime laws and their commerce and all of their blasphemous Babylonian uh, idol worship. You see, they run a system called uh, patriarchy, Babylon. Baba is a an Arabic word it means it means daddy it means papa in fact that's the word that the Romans adopted straight from Baba and they just rather than B-A-B-A -A, they changed it to P-A-P-A -A, Papa and that's what you call the Pope in my language in Italian and because the papacy is Babylonia and Baba is daddy, and daddy is the disciplinary archetype. Mama 
she's the one who, well, she's the loving, embracing one. So she, her energy is embracing and she brings, she draws people into her arms and she coagulates and coalesces, whereas the male energy is electric and radiating and it, it voids love, it disciplines. And so this is why uh, Babylon the Great must fall because Babylon the Great is on this planet for one purpose alone, to divide, to divide the spoils, to divide, conquer through division. Uh, whereas matriarchy, which was the true path on this planet up until about three or 4,000 years ago, mm. um, this is the force that unites all and this is what syncretism is this is what i'm teaching syncretism rather than the opposite which is division and um and fragmentation they thrive on fragmentation they love to see black people in in the ghettos and they love to see white people struggling to you know to get a I don't know, a white collar or a blue collar or whatever it is that they want. You know, I don't know, some people want three SUVs. Uh, some people want four investment properties. They're not happy with one. Some people want a big bank account and it's got to be in Switzerland. Other people need uh, Rolex watches and and all sorts of things. And, and everything that is looked for in this world um, is th that is outside of you is part of the Maya illusion which will inevitably lead to suffering. But, but in many cases, many must walk through the fire and get burnt. They must be... Um, uh, they must be tricked. They must be sold a lie from time to time because they, they've got to experience the bitterness of the lie to see the effect so that they can appreciate the truth and what the truth does. The truth viv vivifies. The truth enlightens. The truth, uh, the truth is life-giving. It's a creature. It cannot be killed. You can only serve the truth. The lie is, is the master. You can't, you can't even serve the lie. Uh, you, you can't do that. Uh, because because the, it's it's a bad it's it's a master. Mm. You, you can only serve truth, and and the truth is not a master. You see, because it doesn't dominate. You dominate the truth when you when you learn the truth, and um, and those that choose to serve truth, these are the ones that will be justly rewarded. There's the rewards. Of uh, virtue and honor and dignity, these these are the true rewards. These are the rewards that um, that you have in heaven, where moth and rust cannot consume. Aren't learning any of these things in church? <laughs> and that's the thing, because we have this religious control system, and it has been set up. And when when you talk about Babylon, then it's not necessarily normally what would be evoked in most people's minds would be 
an ancient culture that has long since disappeared. However, when we talk about Babylon and we talk about bloodlines, we're talking about a continuation of that control system, essentially the paternal controlling system, which continues through, for example, the church or through monarchies around the world or governmental organisations or the judiciary, which you've uh, so eloquently talked about. So we have judges or magistrates and priests and scribes, and they're linked because that's a huge part of this control system. So tell us a little bit about the links between, say, the judiciary and then religion or organised religion as we see it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, well, let's look at the... Let's look at the links because you'll see how they, they work hand in glove and and as Jordan Maxwell says, there's no religion that is not political, there's no pol- pol- political party that is not religious because one is the left hand and the other is the right hand. But mm. you'll find that when you go to court and you pay attention, you will f- you will notice that the court has two other roles. One role is commerce, the bank. Yep. And the other role is God, the church. So the judge is dressed in black because that's what priests do. And he's sitting on the bench and the bench is another word for bank, banco. So he is the banker. He will steal money out of your trust account, out of your estate. That's why he's invited you via the summons to come to his illegal illicit commercial place of business and he wants you to tell them are you Mr. So-and-so and then you stand up and you say yes your honor I am Mr. Santo Bonacci and um, reason being is they need a live beneficiary of the estate to stand up put life to their documents and so that they can by by you committing the fraud of saying that you are that name because it's it's their intellectual property they now are entitled to turn you into the trustee and they the beneficiaries and off they go when the judge slams down his little hammer and he says okay $1000 fine six months of community service, off you go, Mr. Santo Bonacci. Well, he's got your signature on a piece of paper which allows him to pay himself the $1,000 via the fine, but he also takes that signature and hypothecates it and um, leverages your trust account to sell that bond, that constructive bond that created the court case and he goes and sells that to the banker and um, makes some more, it's a security. They are securitizing your signature and your case and they are leveraging them and selling them on the market and they, this in this way, the elite families through their corporations have got pools and pools of stolen money, stolen property off the the chattel and so this is the reason why if you pay attention you'll see the threefold nature of these courts that they are banks and that they are churches the magistrate is an ordinary an ordinary is the officer of the inquisition mm. the clerk is a cleric the cleric is a church officer of the inquisition 
The prosecutor is the just what it says, the guy who's standing in your skin accusing you, just like 500 years ago when the Vatican said, Oh, all you good Catholics in the world, how about you do a little bit of spying for us good little cardinals and the Pope and, uh, and all of your controllers and how about we, um, why don't you dob in your, um, your neighbours if you see them practising a little bit of hermeticism or the tarot cards or, or just generally denying the uh, universality of the Catholic Church. Would you like to just inform on them and let us know what's going on with your neighbours and we'll, uh, we'll pay them a visit and we'll save them. Well, lo and behold, we have millions of Catholic people who are, by nature, by virtue of the fact that they call themselves Catholic, who are guilty of mountains and mountains of sin and karma. Every Catholic who calls himself a Catholic is guilty of two sins, of being an informer, because their, their organization deals in informing. This is why a lawyer or a prosecutor will accuse you in a courtroom and you go to the judge, the ordinary, for a hearing. And the ordinary says, uh, will the accused please stand? Uh, <clears throat> we are to commence this hearing. Uh, and how are you acting today? course everybody's acting yeah uh, and another expression they use a lot is um, well you've got a presiding judge yeah because he's already cited he knows that he's serving the bar the British accredited uh, registry these guys are foreign agents working directly for the Vatican and so and so what you see is that all of these these entities they are all paying homage to their God, to their fiction, to their Lord, which is Gammon. Uh, they do not serve... These, these are the, the evil slaves. We, remember, if you know the Gospels well, Jesus says, I will go away and when I come back, and, and if the, the slave has uh, said about beating up, the, um, beating up my servants, I will... I will throw my, the, the evil slave out and I will uh, pl put in their place the faithful and discreet slave who will administer the meat uh, and apportion it at the proper time. Well, these judges and magistrates and, and priests and, and people who we are, we are told that we should look up to and give respect because of their positions... These are, they are not the faithful and discreet slave who are looking after the Lord's possessions. They are raping them. They are taking advantage of them. You go to church. If you're thinking of joining a church, please don't bring your children because they're going to be raped because the churches are full of pedophiles. Now, the other, church, the other sin that the Catholics are guilty of is pedophilia. Every single Catholic who calls himself a Catholic is... A pedophile by virtue of the fact that they belong to an organization that protects them. Simple as that. Therefore, a Catholic is, in parentheses, a pedophile. There's no other way to put it. If you're a Catholic, you're a pedophile. That's what you are. Because why would you 
Why would you be long? Why would you stay? Even if it's even if it's nominal, nominal, you know. Oh, I'm just a Catholic. It's just nominal. I don't go to church, but I just call myself. Why would you even associate yourself with such an aberration, a miscarriage of? Uh, it's 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 an abortion of monstr- monstrous p- proportions. This this church that claims to be Christian is nothing of the sort. It's a murder machine, and every single Catholic, by virtue of the fact that they know that any priest that is caught in their midst raping a little boy will get a slap on the wrist and sent down to another diocese. Mm. That is what I call a pedophile boys club. That's why the scriptures say, get out of Babylon the Great if you do not want to share with her in her sins. Every church-going person on this planet is a pedophile because they belong to pedophile churches that are abusive and that they belong to a dobbing-in system whereby you inform on the renegade heretic unbelievers who practice hermeticism or something like that, and you inform on them, and therefore you are a murderer. So they're murderers. You know, there's, there's, there's no redemption for churches. They are on the, high, the fast and furious road to hell, and we will see this destruction, eternal destruction and damnation of the churches with our own very eyes in the next few months, mark my my words. Babylon the Great will fall in one hour and and the world will be left in shock. They will just say, how could such an institution that was here one day be gone the next? It'll be like when um, in 89 when the Berlin Wall was completely destroyed and the symbol of division became a symbol of unification and that's how it will be when we the conscious destroy the fictions with our fire of consciousness and how or when will this happen santos it's happening now as we speak my brother as we speak and put forth out into the universe these beautiful words of creation which are which are spoken in a way to bring to bring love and truth to mankind, then we are adding building blocks to the critical mass which will cause it to happen. It, it's, it's inevitable. It's, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Mm. My brother, if, if you have any fear, you might as well discard it because it does not serve you. Because all there is to look forward to in the future is sheer bliss from... But all that is required of you is one thing for you to participate in that sheer bliss. You need to decide that you want to be a part of it. That's all you've got to do. That's how easy it is. You just have to, you just have to turn the switch on and will it to be and you will be the creator of it. You can do whatever you want. For Jesus said, you will do greater works than these that I am doing. Now, now, please, when I quote Jesus, I'm not quoting a historical Jesus. I'm quoting the perennial philosophy, the perennial hermetic wisdom mm-hmm. that, that the Gospels ripped off. The Gospels are ripped off Pythagoras, Plato, Hermes, Orpheus, Dionysius, and all of those types. That's where they come from. And just to interject there a little bit with regard to the Gospels, because so many people either see them as a Gospel or B, as a complete fiction which is made up and is of no value whatsoever. But what you're hypothesizing and what you're showing on your website, universaltruthschool.com and through your work, 
is that essentially the gospel is this ancient knowledge that we all should have and it's imparting that but as you say it's been hijacked for nefarious purposes by the control system or the church or whatever we want to call it and because of that people then assume because they're put in a box a or b as i described there they assume that that's all it can be and they don't actually look at what it is which is a whole and a universal truth to use your term yeah spot on absolutely well said couldn't have said it any better um, in this world, there are three types of people. There's believers, uh, there's um, uh, total unbelievers which label themselves um, atheists, and then there's the ones that know that both of them are wrong and, mm-hmm. that, that, and that know the divinity through direct knowledge. These are the knowers. This is why Gnosticism, knowing... Uh, is 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 so important. Believing is for fools, and even greater fools are the ones who criticise the believers and deny all things and just believe in material emptiness. Mm. Uh, they're both wrong. They're both suffering uh, from diseases which are which are associated to ignorance, superstition, and fear, and. Um, you can't tell them that, you, of course, because they are so puffed up in, with pride, and they're so proud of being a believer or, or or an agnostic or a or a you know a disbeliever or an atheist and and, and things like that. They're they're proud of these these labels and and these these stances that are condemning them from ever knowing. Knowledge is why would you why would you not serve knowledge and truth? Why would you delight in ignorance and stupidity and uh, and what churches have to offer? I don't know, but I guess people are not ready for the truth, I guess. They can't handle it. I think either they're not ready for it or they're not even aware that there is a truth out there because you see so many people going about their daily lives and I would include myself for a large portion of my life in this and I thought that's all there was. There was a material world and while I was brought to uh, to Mass, I was brought up as a Catholic and while I was brought to Mass when I was a child or whatever, I quickly rejected that because it was boring and because it didn't seem relevant to me and why would these guys dressed up in robes have any relevance or meaning to my life? So I automatically, for quite a long time, rejected spirituality as a result and fell into the trap. And that's how I see it. It is a trap because you either embrace this organized religion that you're brought up with um, or you reject it completely and there is no middle ground and there is no questioning. And that's what we're trying to do here today. We're, we're, we're trying to open up this question to people because it's not black and white. There is a massive... I wouldn't even call it a grey area, I call it a coloured area because you've described Joseph's coat of many colours and the chakras. And that's what's there if people choose to scratch between the surface and look beyond the materialism, I think. Yeah, well said. I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying how you, you, you're summing that up uh, so well and, and, and it's absolutely so true. The world is churning out Believers and doubters, and that's because we've been in the age of Pisces. One fish is a doubter, and the other one is a believer. Mm. I believe, I doubt. Whoops, wait a minute, I believe now. No, 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 hang on. No, I'm doubting. And see, and these are the two fish. That's why the fish have bands tied around them, because because 
you can't separate this kind of duality. If you want to live in duality where you believe one minute and then you doubt, well, go ahead. But Aquarius, when you look at the sign of Aquarius, and Aquarius is now rising in the east on the 21st of March at the equinox. You can see the head of Aquarius. You can see it there coming through the head and, and it's coming up. And you can, So you can see the age. We're going to be in the age of Aquarius for 2,000 years. Well, Aquarius is pouring water out of his urn. And, and that water is the, water, the spiritual waters of knowing. And so this sign is a fixed air sign and it's so different to the mutable water sign of Pisces. Um, it's, a, it's a sign that when we go through it, it naturally divides the kingdom down below, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. If, if Pisces is a divided sign and, and we're going through it, we're going to be divided. But if Aquarius is a sign of knowing and spiritual waters and truths, and mental, spiritual goodness, and we're going through it, well, as above, so below. And we will see how, as the sun goes through the signs, we also go through the same condition. Because the sun is our big brother. The sun is Archangel Michael. It's, it's an entity. It's a being. It's a creature. And it's made up of myriads and myriads of angels what we call angels. They're just psychic, mental creatures who have never ever materialized as we have as human beings. And the reason we have is because we were created above their order. We are superior to angels. <clears throat> angels don't, don't incarnate with these kind of low vibrating bodies. Mm. We took these bodies on because we are the ones that are going to, we are going to be manifold blessed when we return whence we came from. But but the angels will never ever uh those those kinds those angels they will never go to the place where we will go, which is way, way higher than them, because we are human beings that are, have a high destiny. And this is why it's so important it's so important that we choose the right path the path, the upward path now because we have the opportunity to go to a place which not many creatures that have been created by universal mind thinking have this opportunity. It's, it's, it's we the people. We are the ones. We are, we are such a wonderful chosen race. We are so special and so divine. The kind of bodies that we have and the kind of spirits that we emanate from are of the highest order in the universe and we are certainly adored by many, many, many creatures in this universe as one of the special creations. And we are now about to come out of our cocoon and uh, transform this planet and this solar system and our bodies and uh, our Merkaba vehicles and we are going to really, really rise and inherit the higher dimensions as we go forward from from now to to the next few years really uh, but certainly a big turning point will be uh, will be the 21st of December this year 
when when a major major shift in the twinkling of an eye uh, as the sun see the sun is still spiraling through the heavens at um, 108,000 miles a minute and it is leading us to greener pastures but it's not there yet there's two months to go yet mm-hmm. and then and then when that happens a switch it will it will be like turning the lights on and we will have direct photon belt energy focused upon our Merkabah bodies and we will be transformed. We will be literally transformed. We may uh, persist on this planet for a number of years. Uh, We may be transported instantly from off this planet uh, certainly, the ones who do not cut the grade will be eventually totally and utterly destroyed in their physical bodies, and their remaining um, whatever's whatever they are in terms of vib- uh, spiritual vibration, their the their souls will be transported to other planets where they have to virtually start again. They have to, um, you know, you, it's like when you drop back a grade and you have to repeat a year at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you never advance if you do not do so in physical bodies because as spirit bodies, you can only be, you can't improve. And this is why we've chosen to incarnate because we did want to we did want to improve. We did want to be a better model. Pretty much like, okay, let's uh, let's have an example. Um, all right, gold. You find it under the under the ground in in a rock form, and it has all these impurities in it. So you put it in a in a furnace, and all the scoria and all the scum comes up to the surface, I believe. I mean, I've never worked in a refinery, but anyway, mm-hmm. you, you take away the scum and what's left is this beautiful element, pure, called gold and you call that 24-carat gold or whatever and you have different grades of purity. You've got 9-carat, 18-carat and so, and the same thing with diamonds, but, but a lot of these metals need to be transmuted. You know, they need to be put through the furnace and our physical existence is going through the furnace and we do that so that we can have more carrots at the end and and it's like you know rich rich daddy says to his son hey son look you know i've got loads of money um now i'm a very responsible man and you will inherit all of my money but i can't just give it to you because i can tell that you're too young you're too inexperienced and you're going to squander all the money that I worked hard to acquire to give you. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you into the factory, and you're going to have an eight to a nine to five job. You're going to sweep the floors, and then you're going to be promoted eventually, slowly, as it's you know as we see fit 
to promote you and then one day you'll be sitting in my seat and you will understand the workings of the business and you will not be destructive because you will understand all things. And so, we who are above the angels have took it upon ourselves to learn and, and remember these things that we are doing, going through the fire, purging our bodies so that we can be something way, way better. And that's all that we've got to look forward to. There's nothing else to look forward to. There's, there's just bliss. It's, it's, it's glorious what stands before us right now in history. Glorious. There's, there's only glory. And do you think it could be the case then, Santos, that um, one must be enlightened or at least on that path to, I suppose, transcend the physicality that we are currently experiencing? Because a lot, a lot of people who speak about enlightenment, they'll speak about, um, A, the control system and how that drags people and holds people back, and that those who can break free from it are the ones who will see enlightenment first. Do you think there will potentially be a division when the time comes between those who are spiritually awake or is it an all-encompassing um, event? Um, look, look, that still hasn't been decided. Uh, in the past, when we've come to the end of the processional cycles and the Egyptians have recorded four of these, according to Herodotus, he went down to Egypt uh, two and a half thousand years ago and they told him that every 12,000 years, which is a half of a processional cycle, uh, the sun rises in a different spot. It rises in the east, then it rises in the west, then it rises in the east, then it rises in the west, and now it's rising in the east. And the Egyptians said, uh, this has been happening since time immemorial, mm -hmm. and it doesn't affect anything on this earth. But, but what it does do is it, it's a harvest period. It the souls that have been growing and evolving on this planet uh, are harvested and some go to, to good places, others go to bad places, others um, remain on this planet and start a new civilization and start all over. So in the past we've had this model that we that we refer to for all future models. So we really assume that on the 21st of December 2012, there's going to be this great destruction and hallelujah, some people are going to be raptured and, 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 and they're good and they're going to go over here and the baddies are going to go over there and we're going to see it all. Well, this, there's no foregone conclusions in anything, anywhere in this universe. Hmm. That's not how it works. We are... We are deciding that right now as we speak. It's, it's, we are, we are just, we're creating. Now, even though we don't understand how it is that we are the creators of what's going to happen on the 21st of December 2012, one day we will understand it. We are the creative fiat in this universe. And so, uh, whether we reach critical mass in time and all are saved, or whether 10% are going to be saved and we see 90% of carcasses on this planet and the 10% remain to rebuild a beautiful society on this planet or the 10% get removed and shifted to a better place 
and the 90% remain on this planet and we have a FEMA concentration camp as Barack Obama and um, the elite families of this planet are preparing yeah. uh, remains to be seen. That's why the elites are doing their part to bring in the new world order because they're not sitting on their laurels and going, oh, what, whatever's going to happen at 20, 2012, well, let's just wait and see. They never do that. They always prepare and they have been for millennia and this is why they are rich because, because and that's why they, they marry into rich bloodlines because they, when they die, they know that, they know that they're uh, in reincarnating and, and what happens is that bloodline families uh, only produce children that incarnate from previous lives uh, as, and, and, and this is why they steal money off the unsuspecting poor masses and keep it in, keep it in their families because when they die and then they reincarnate on this planet, they've always got <laughs> you know, they've always got a comfortable life to come back to. They're not dumb. They're absolutely not dumb, but they are stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand the distinction there. And Ch it's it's very interesting that you bring this up and the, the likes of New World Order and that kind of thing because so many people will automatically reject ideas of an Illuminati or a Babylonian bloodline or whatever you want to call it, whatever label you want to attach to it. And they'll ignore the evidence right before their eyes, such as the control system that's coming in and the fact that, of course, Barack Obama would be re-elected in inverted commas for another four years. Um, even if he wasn't, he'd still be there, albeit as Mitt Romney, because it's not him. It's two, two masks on the same face. And they prepare years and years in advance. So you mentioned FEMA camps in the US and a lot of people have started to expose exactly what's going on over there, but most people choose to reject it even when the evidence is, is sitting right in front of them. So, for example, when we see these along, for example, the New Madrid fault line in the US and we see these camps, these empty camps um, that, that look just like concentration camps with barbed wire and uh, even coffins in a lot of cases stacked up inside them and they're empty and people say, well, they're empty, they're we don't know what they're for and we don't want to know because sometimes the truth and that's what we're all seeking can be quite a bitter pill to swallow but when the time comes rest assured they will be put into action for one reason or another they're not building these things for no reason yeah yeah they they steal money off us they have their secret accounts bank accounts they have their CAFRA accounts they talk about the budget oh we don't have any money in the budget we've got gazillions in the CAFRA uh, and the reason being is because they are building an empire. In case you haven't noticed, look around, you'll see infrastructure that, that points to they are trying to imprison the chattel for as long as they can. This is why they have Star Wars. This is why they have sal satellites monitoring us and CTV cameras and... And this is why they have many prisons and they're building more and more and more and more and more because it's a good business. It's a great business. Mm. That, you know, they're not going to – they're in the God business, guns, oil, uh, drugs and sex and people trafficking and killing and all of those things because you make more money out of those things. If you suddenly decided you're not going to have those things, everybody would be living in peace and everybody would be rich and they wouldn't stand out as – as um, egot egotistical maniacs, megalomaniacs that they want to be. They want to drive around in their Ferraris and their jet setting and have, 
you know, cocktail parties and champagne and caviar and because their lives are empty. Um, you know, they, they can't turn to the light because, because their works are works of darkness. And so darkness is what's crippling this planet and it's through their greed and, and by choking the economy so that they can keep it out of the hands of the masses is what they are all about. And, uh, you know, prisons and concentration camps, and they've been doing this for thousands of years. They've turned this planet into a prison planet. They've enslaved Mother Earth. They've crippled her, her aura and her, her, her Merkaba by decommissioning the pyramids. They decommissioned all the holy sites, Stonehenge, um, Salisbury, and all of those beautiful edifices. Basically, what they did was they um, destroyed the icosadodecahedronal uh, energies that were were you know pretty much a, like a a ley line grid system on this earth, which actually helped the earth to grow and to ascend. They mm. destroyed that. They they deliberately destroyed the those ley lines and and those holy temples and and everything like that. And they put their they put their their structures, which which use inverted magic, which is called sor- sorcery, in their place. And so people, when they go to these cathedrals and churches, they don't get enlightened anymore. They get sick. You know, they get sick. They get magnetized with with a very very low vibrating um, energy, which actually makes them sick and susceptible to mind control. And this is why the churchgoers, they look stupid. I mean, go to church on a weekend and have a look at them. You know, go to the Jehovah's Witnesses and sit yourself in the middle of a congregation and just do a 360 degrees, have a look around. You see, you'll see people that you can tell they're smacked out on Prozac, Zoloft, Xanax. Um, they are unhealthy. They're stupid. They look dumb. Therefore, they are dumb. Uh, they're they're basically just got ugly, grey, dry faces because they've got no charge. They've got no electronic charge in their bodies. They've got a belief system that is negative and magnetic and and destructive, uh, and yet they believe in it. Um, it just doesn't work. Mm. It's it's obvious that churches don't work, and yet people are so desperate to r- escape their own responsibility that they um, they direct themselves and run towards these havens where priests take the onus upon themselves to be the teachers of these buffoons and therefore they delegate and default on their own responsibility of doing the good work themselves. You see... We're here to perform the magnum opus, the great work. We didn't come here to get jobs, you know, nine to five and then an evening job and a pizza delivery job. Oh, I've got three. I'll do three jobs. I'm, I'm working myself down to my bones. I'm, I've got three jobs. Anyone who talks like that's an idiot. You know, we are here to work, not to do jobs, just over broke. And the good work that we're supposed to do is to sublimate First of all, ourselves and our own turning lead into gold. 
And then the result of that is that everybody else does. Exactly. And I suppose the key for so many people is to be able to recognize this because a lot of people who might be listening to us speaking now are thinking, well, I can't relate to what the guys are talking about at all. It's just, it's too difficult for me to disseminate this, um, this knowledge in one fell swoop. But there are clues all around us and by God, they're staring us in the face because there's symbolism absolutely everywhere. So can you tell us a little bit about the symbology that's in front of us, Santos? Because I think it'd be very helpful for people if they can, for example, if all they take from our chat today is some of the symbology that they can see in front of themselves for the first time, then I think it's almost like a door opening a crack so that people can try and prize it fully open for themselves and look for their own universal truth. Yeah, the symbols... Uh, and the archetypes are there hiding in plain sight right under our noses. Uh, Symbol of Jesus Christ. In the Bible, it's it's called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Well, in English, it's interesting how S-U-N and S-O-N have the same sound. And, of course, deniers will declare that it's just a coincidence, but it's not. Because the Son of God is in fact the S-U-N of God. Because that creature in the sky that saves us every day when it rises in the morning and the Christ shall rise, that is our Saviour. And how do I know? Well, imagine tomorrow morning that the sun doesn't come up and never will come up ever again. Well, if, you've, if you're able to imagine that, well, then you know that you're dead. <laughs> and, and the whole solar system is dead, and there's nothing in it. Because the only reason the solar system exists is because of the rays that come from the sun. Mm. And those rays, we need them every morning when it rises. Every summer, we need photosynthesis for our food intake. Photosynthesis comes from the sun, last time I checked. Therefore, it is the saviour. It feeds us. It clothes us. Photosynthesis cr- produces the leaves, which produces the cotton and the, and the flax and the linen that we clothe ourselves with and the animal skins that we clothe ourselves with yep. comes from the sun. The water, which rains from the sky, it's the sun that put the water up there in the first place. If the sun doesn't come out, and precipitate and, and um, evaporate the um, the masses of the bodies of water and turn it into gas, so that it can become clouds and water again. Everything the sun does to save us, it is the saviour. It is Jesus Christ, Mike, Michael the Archangel, and the saviour of our souls. Try and live without it if you don't agree. And if you think, oh, Santos Bonacci's an idiot, oh, he's a loony, ha, 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 I don't believe in any saviour, rah, 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 rah. Okay, well then, don't acknowledge that the sun is doing all of those things for you when you eat your cornflakes in the morning, when you eat your cereals. Remember that it is the sun that produces cereals. And uh, therefore, it is a great symbol. Why do we see the sun on a cross? And the, and the cross has always got four spoke. Because that cross is the equinoxes and the solstice. And the sun is crucified four times. There are four gospels. It's crucified on March the 21st, September the 
21st, June the 21st, and December the 21st. These are the four cardinal points, the cross in the skies. And that's just one symbol, and, and, or two symbols, the sun and the cross. And it all has to do with science. It has to do with nature, nature unfolding itself, because there's nothing else but nature outside there anyway. What are you looking at when you look at things? It's nature. Yeah. And so if you want to understand nature, you have to ask her, how do you, how do you manifest uh, Mother Nature? And she will tell you. She will tell you, the first thing she will tell you is everything is a vibration. And the word vibration has the word ra in it. Radiation, radio, radius, mm -hmm. radioactivity, um, vibrate, ra, ram, the ram Aries, um, Abraham, Israel, Torah, the law of God, all of this ra, um, Sarah, uh, Rachel, uh, Rahab in the Bible, Rama in the Bible, Hiram, the builder of Sol Solomon's temple. You see, all of those words have Ra in it. Serapis of Alexandria, Abraxas of the Kabbalistic Jews. All these words have Ra in it because we are rays of light. We are Ra. In the universe, there's only Ra, and that's you. You are a ray, a royal ray of light. And so, of course, the Gospels are going to be talking about Jesus, the ray of light. Look at the word pray. P-R-A-R-A-Y. Um, look, look at your brain, your bra-ain. Uh, look at the word bran, the cereals that you eat. It all has ra in it. Radiance. See, if I say to you, uh, John, you are God, how can I prove that? Well, because you are light. You are a vibration. Light vibrates. Everything vibrates. Mm. Therefore, you are radiance. And radiance is Ra. And Ra is God. And you are radiance. And you are God. It's pretty easy. It's, yeah, it's not very difficult to work all these things out. And, um, and so... If you are this radiance and you are, well, radiance is just half of everything that happens in the universe. There's radiation and there's gravity or gravitation. Radiation, gravitation, as Walter Russell calls it. And he said that's all there is in the world, in the universe. Gravity contracts and makes physical bodies. Radiation expands and voids physical bodies. Mm. That's why Ra is male, because masculinity is spiritual and it dissolves material forms, hence radioactivity. And that's why Marconi called the radio radio. He called it Ra God, Radio, because he says it vibrates electromagnetically. The signal that I'm getting is an electromagnetic vibration. And you see the word electromagnetism is none other than gravity and radiation. Electricity is gravity and magnetism is radiation. And that's all there is. There's, there's nothing else to talk about. You know, if you want to... 
if you want to call me up for a, a, another um, interview, I'm only going to be talking about the one thing, Ra, because <laughs> that's all there is that exists, Ray, light. Yeah. God is light. Last time I checked in the Bible, I'm going to stick with that. So when people speak about vibrations and energy forces and this kind of thing, that's exactly what they're speaking about. They're speaking about radiation and gravity and the interaction then between the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all there is. There's those two. That's the dualistic world. There's, there's a force that makes shapes and forms and coagulates molecules so that bodies appear. And there's a force that dissolves those bodies. And uh, that's it. That's called Jesus and Satan. Satan is Ashatan, the resistor. Why does he resist? Because he, he, he is the resisting force of Ra, Horace and Set, Jesus and Satan, because he... He is trying to keep the spirit from being spiritual and he's trying to turn the spirit into matter. See, they work together, but they work against each other. Um, electricity is working with magnetism, but against magnetism. It destroys all the work that magnetism does. And magnetism does the same for electricity. Mm. And, and they cannot exist apart from each other. And... They only exist as the children of light, of undivided source, zero point light, which is what God is, the cause. And that's why we have a creator called Jehovah in the Bible. The Jehovah God is not the source. You can compare this to a carpenter. The carpenter turns around the house. He says, I just built that house. But wait a minute. Who made the wood? You didn't make the wood, hmm. Mr. Builder. So you built a house from pre-existing built things. So you're just reshaping that wood and turning it into a habitable domicile. And this is what our solar system has done. Our solar system, which is called Jehovah, the creator, or the created, the creator is himself a created one, just like we. We are creators, but we all are also created. But there is one that was not created, and that's the difference. The mm -hmm. one, you see, that's the one that the carpenter turns around and says, oh, yeah, I got that wood from... from from the forest, and, and the forest comes from, I don't know, from air. Last time I checked, trees have their roots in the ground, but their leaves are created from photosynthesis, which means that trees and all things come from the air, <laughs> the elements in the air. They come from nothing, or what appears to be nothing, empty atoms. And so this, this is how uh, the universe is created. It's dualistic in that sense, in the sense that electromagnetism is creating motion and destroying motion at the same time, but giving us the illusion of creation. And we live in this illusion called Maya. And the sooner we get out of the illusion, 
and out of the elements and go back to spirit with the help of Ra. That's why we pray to Ra. <laughs> yep. uh, then we will eventually be blessed in unconditioned consciousness. And that's exactly where we're headed then, according to... Um, Hallelujah. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, it's got to be an exciting time. And how can people look out for or recognize... Uh, well, I suppose they won't even have to because it's not like that we've that long to go still at this point. But you've spoken about three days of darkness um, with regard to the sun and I suppose uh, Christ consciousness coming then as well. Is this all going to manifest very, very suddenly? You spoke about one hour, the control system coming down in one hour. Is that going to be um, an astral event or how, how can we look at this and understand it on a human level even? Uh, look, it's a bit like it's a bit like all the nice, unexpected surprises that you've ever had in life. They turn up. You, you know what I mean. Um, you might meet someone, the love of your life. You just turn around the corner, bump into someone, and all of a sudden you're having coffee, and all of a sudden you're writing down a phone number, and then you meet up for dinner, and away you go. Mm. Right. Um, or some things happen tragically in an instant. One minute you're driving down the road and some drunk idiot um, runs a red light and you wake up six months later after you've been in coma and you don't have the use of your limbs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is how the creation is. This is how the universe works. Some things come to you slowly over a long, long time. Other things just turn up, you know, they just, they manifest. And look at the word manifest. It begins with the word man because that's what man is. Woman is a man, a fester. And man comes from mind and the universe is mind and we are mind. Therefore, we should be using mind over matter and we should be creators. So, so if we are ready, when this big change comes, when this shift happens, um, whether it's abruptly or slowly or, or, or however it happens, we will be ready and we will not fear. We, there's no reason to live in fear because if you are all that, it, that is, well, there's nothing else that is. Exactly. Which means that you can control all that is. <laughs> and, and look, the sooner we come to terms with this and understand this and know this rather than believing it. See, a lot of people say, to, yeah, I know that. I, I, yeah, I believe that, Santos. I believe that I'm a creator and I can do, I can do greater things than Jesus, as he said. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Well, stop believing it because that's why you're not doing it because you're believing that. You're, you're believing it. You need to know it. You've got to go to the land of knowing and knowing comes from you know, studying, research, reading, thinking, applying yourself and then, and then you, you come to direct knowledge and then, and then you don't have to talk about believing whether you are a creator or not. You know you are doing it because you can see yourself doing it day in, day out. I see myself day in, day out creating things. Some of them are bad and some of them... Some of my creations are wonderful, you know. I can play the guitar, I can, I can write a song, and some of the songs are beautiful, some of them are just, oof, 
who who wrote that? It wasn't me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw it in the in the trash can. But but I've created things in my life. Man, I've created some nice things, but I've also created some really bad things because because I've had some bad consequences from some of my own decisions and from my own stupidity. You see. Mm. Uh, so, but I do know that every day I'm creating many, many, many things, and and now with my presentations and syncretism and all the things that I'm teaching, I know that I'm creating good things. And how do I know that? Because I get thousands of emails from people all around the world uh, saying, "Thank you, Santos." Um, whereas before I was confused because I was believing in a religious path. Now you've joined all the correct dots for me and now I know the truth. And so I know that I've helped thousands of people to get on the true path of the true theology and not to mess around with all this bullshit church stuff. Get out of there. Get out of Babylon Come on, let's be free. Let's be sovereign, or one of a better word. Let's be free, and let's be godlike, and let's be the hero and divine, and let's exalt. Let's forever go upwards, forever forward, forever bettering ourselves, and evolving, and developing, and and growing. Let's let's. So essentially, what you're saying is know thyself, and that is our yeah. universal truth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Know thyself and you will know the gods of this universe and um, you will know your true nature. Protagoras said, man is the measure of the universe. In other words, if you want to know anything about the universe, and that means anything, study yourself first. Study, you might want to study astrology first because astrology teaches you who you are. Mm. When you look at your birth chart, for instance, you can see where your Mars is. Uh, my Mars is in Leo, which is the heart. So I know why I have a very hot, dry, fiery, action heart. You know, I'm very passionate and exuberant sometimes when I'm on my favorite subject. Yeah. And that's because, because Mars is in my heart. So I know myself. But... Having Mars in Leo is also very detrimental because, you know, it's hot and dry and it can make you very choleric, it can make you very angry, it can make you very forthright and sometimes you have to pull back your arrogance because, you, you know, you want to you emphasize, you know, your passion and, and let it be known and let it be seen. So all things have to be controlled and balanced. Um, See, when you do your chart, you can find out where your sun is. Well, it's easy to find out where your sun is. All you have to do is remember your birthday. My birthday is March the 24th, so I'm Aryan. So I've got my sun in my head, in my cereb cerebrum, because hmm. Aries is in the top of the head. Now, if you're a Scorpio, that means your sun is in the generative area. If you're a Leo, your sun is in your heart. Now, you have a look at your Leo friends. Just have a good look at them. I'm Leo myself. Yeah. Exactly. Well, take a look at yourself and what you'll see, what you'll notice instantly, instantly is that you um, 
when you walk around and when you project yourself, you are projecting yourself from your heart. Mm-hmm. You are you are conscious and focused on your heart. To you, your pride and your your honor and your name as a Leo and your heart and your emotions, the emotions of your heart are important to you. These are fiery people who are very feline in nature, sometimes cold, sometimes very hot, very radiant people, very magnetic. And, and, and these, these are, the Leo people, are, they enjoy the limelight and they like to show off from time to time. You know, they're very good at this. And uh, I have a Leo ascendant, so I know. <laughs> well, I can <laughs> but, relate um, to exactly what you've said, completely and utterly. <laughs> yes, you are coming from your heart. You can't but come from your heart because you are a Leo. Your brother who is a Virgo or your friend who is a Virgo, you will find that they are more meticulous and and, uh, discriminating and um, you'll find that they are analytical and they've got the mercurial brain but they're also focused on sensual earthy things and the belly because Virgo is one step down from Leo, it rules the belly. Mm. So these people, these people um, are much more sensual when they put delicious food on their palates. They are much more meticulous when they, you know, when they put their uh, their papers on their desk, you know, in a certain way. Whereas a Leo will probably just be a little bit messy, a bit flamboyant. Uh, not as meticulous as, as say, uh, a, Gemini, a Geminian or a, um, well, no, Geminian's not a good example. Uh, Virgoan, that's a good example. And so, you know, you find that the Leo person is a little bit more uh, happy-go-lucky and a little bit more caution to the wind, uh, uh, But whereas the Virgoans can be very anal sometimes. They just want every detail and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, well, okay, I've, I've, I've told you that. What else? Why are you asking the same question again? You know, because they want to, they want to make sure that every detail is, is is stitched and sewn up properly and everything like. And they pay attention to these things. You see, this is why, this is why um, school classrooms are an aberration because you've got little kids there. You've got Leos thrown in, thrown in with Cancerians and and Capricorns. And they just don't mix because Leo child is intuitive and yeah. mystical. They need to be taught by mystical and 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 spiritual natured um, ways mediums of teaching. Whereas your Capricorns and your Taurians and your Virgoans, you give them some um, some things to to touch and smell and taste and you teach them through the senses <clears throat> and they will learn amazingly and you get your 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 air your, your geminians and your librans and your aquarians and you give them a lot of mental work to do and they will thrive but you can't give mental stuff to a cancerian cancerians are all about emotion and pisceans and scorpios they want to learn with a teacher that is that uses a lot of say a lot of graphs and emotions and very very uh catering to the emotion you see mm. um and so you've got four different ways you, this is where classrooms should be divided you have you have all the fire signs in one classroom and you teach them with intuition 
you have all your air signs and you teach them mentally, you have your water signs and you teach them emotionally, and you have your earth signs and you teach them with the senses, the five senses, and you will have great success. And um, this is where astrology, the mother of all science, will eventually one day be the saviour of this planet when we return to the great sciences of the past. Absolutely fascinating. And it's, it's a topic that I don't have huge knowledge about myself and I know a lot in my peer group certainly wouldn't. It's not something that's thought. And it's for a lot of people, astrology... Um, it's it's the realm of the back pages of a red top newspaper, you know, and they they would see it as nonsense. And the more I look into it over time, and particularly over the last six months or so, the more I see the truth within it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, astrology cannot lie. There is there's no lying in astrology. Those those your your birth chart it tells a story, um, just like a snowflake. They're all individual. There's not one alike. Uh, there's no two similar. Uh, or alike, but but they but they tell the truth. Every flake tells the truth because they cannot lie, and every birth chart tells you why you are the way you are. If I look at your birth chart, I can tell you uh, what in um, medical infirmities you are likely to um, have in the future, whether chronic or acute. And usually, you'll find that the slow planets, like Saturn, he will be, in fact, the name of Saturn is Kronos, and, and Saturn is, in medical astrology, Saturn is known for the chronic illnesses. Uh, Mars is a very fast planet. It takes two years to orbit, as opposed to Saturn's 30 years. Therefore, Mars is responsible for acute illnesses. So when I look for Mars in someone's chart... And let's say I see Mars in Taurus. Well, I know that if Mars is badly aspected, um, I can advise the native that they will probably have some acute problems with their, you know, perhaps their thyroid gland mm. or they may lose their voice or they may have um, uh Something, some acute illness will visit them in the throat or the lower head region because Mars, the malefic, is badly placed in that spot. Now, I've done thousands and thousands of charts for people, and I've and I've picked things like oh, I don't know, I've picked things like um, uh, all sorts of things: diabetes, rheumatism, uh, goiter. Uh, headaches, I've picked liver problems, uh, kidney problems, I've picked uh, spinal problems, uh, shootings, people who've been shot, you can tell um, in the chart, you can tell people if they're going to have dangers in their life. Um, every time I do charts that have danger in there, I'm very cautious because I wait for the person to tell me how many times they've fallen off accident uh, ladders and how many times they've broken their bones. Mm. I've picked, I've picked people um, with bone fractures. One gentleman he said, "I've broken just about every bone in my body." I said, "Yeah, well, there it is. It's in your chart. It's right here. There it is. This degree of, you know, the seventh degree of Capricorn or whatever. You know, um, it's there. It doesn't lie. It never lies. There is never, ever, ever." a lie 
in astrology. And this is why it is poo-pooed and derided by all the buffoons on this planet. Because it's, it's so powerful and so beautiful and so freeing that the elites cannot afford for it to be known as such. They must keep up their propaganda and their onslaught and their barrage of, um, of debasing this great and holy science. They must keep it up, otherwise they lose. Because once astrology is firmly implanted on this planet, which it will be, because I will make sure it will be, then bye-bye priests, bye-bye magistrates, bye-bye kings, elite, bye-bye all of the fictions, and um, I can, you can rest assured that you will see these changes in the next few months with your own eyes. You will see them. So, Santos, if anybody is interested in learning more and in finding out more, they can check out your website, of course, universaltruthschool.com. Is there anywhere else that you would direct people? Yeah, my YouTube handle is Mr. Astro Theology. Not Mr. Astrology, Mr. Astro Theology. And you can go there and you can watch 24-hour presentations that teach pure syncretism. No divisions, no compartmentalizing. I don't treat the tarot as if it's this separate idea that doesn't belong with the rest. You know, like the little redhead, red-haired freckled boy in the classroom, you know, who looks different to all the other kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The tarot is invited, Kabbalah is invited, Hinduism is invited. All you Muslims are invited, all you Christians are invited, all you Hermetists, witches, wizards, twin spirits, fat people, skinny people, black people, white people, tall and short, everybody owns syncretism. It's our religion, it's our way, it's the future, it's back and it's here to stay. Well, that's a very fine sentiment and a fine message to end things on as we continue our journey from fiction to truth. I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. Santos Bonacci, it's been a huge pleasure talking to you today on Alchemy Radio. I very much look forward to having you back on. Thank you. Thank you. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio.